Hey, PFT is live, my dear brothers and sisters. We are back on the air. KPFT Politics Done Right is with you right now. But before we get started, I want to take this minute to tell a little little short story about how we got here. Volunteerism. That is what we got. Volunteerism of people coming into the studios and building. Great thanks to the great Howard in the house right now who made sure to get things going. Great thanks to the one and only new IGM, Sandy Wyman. How you doing, Sandy? Wait a minute. I need Sandy to come on air with me first and say, Sandy, how the hell did we get this done? Through uh, the efforts of a lot of people, Egberto, and you were one of them. In fact, you were here carrying the ball over the goal line, so to speak, wiring, you know, just hanging out, doing whatever it took to get this beast to actually fly even a few meters off the ground. So thank you. Well, I mean, it, like but, I said, but there were so many people. I mean, you were here. There were so many people that participated. So many people that donated stuff that the chair I'm sitting on, the tables, all this stuff is on. The office furniture, Joe Marcinkowski did that. Margie Connolly did that. Connolly Law. And just the community really stepped up in a big way. And, you know, we made that last goal. And so, we did it. Yeah, I I can't take a lot of credit. Well, actually, I I, I will I will take exception to that. I think um you know I I can see the extra gray hairs that you got being out here because it was hard work, and a lot of people don't quite see the hard work that it was. Anyhow, we we are going to get started with politics and all, but I want to get somebody special on on air. He's going to be our first guest. That shows you what I think about this person, Daniel. Cohen, president of Indivisible Houston. He is the first person to appear on Politics Done Right today. And the reason why is he's a young man that's making things happen in the Harris County in the state of Texas. Hey, Daniel, how are you doing, my brother? I'm doing good. I get to be young for a little while longer, huh? You get, as long as you're under 40, you're young, Daniel. As long as you're under 40. Hey, Daniel, look, we have a lot to speak about. Let's go ahead and talk about local politics because right now everything is in flux. We have in, if problems with the voting system. We have uh, problems with the way uh, people are conducting themselves. Tell me, where are we in the current state of politics in Harris County? That's a good question. I guess we're going to find out for sure in November, but we can look at a couple of the different impact issues that are being tossed up in the air. We see a prism uh, that reflects the national situation in a lot of different ways. Um, there is salience to several different um, concerns that are going on right now. And as we know, what's causing some of those concerns comes from underlying systemic issues. Some of the, the frames of those issues are, and I put quotes around all frames for political issues because it always depends on how you define them, but are crime and bail, mm-hmm. uh, abortion at the national level, of course, the economy, if you will, uh, and, and what people have been calling inflation, which as we know is, um, you know, to, to some extent is basically uh, the, the wealthy turning up prices for the rest of the, the, the people in Harris County across the United States. Uh, and and discussions surrounding voting rights and the overarching extremism. Now, here in Harris County, we've seen each of these issues rear their heads recently. Um, at the county judge race level, you're seeing uh, propaganda being pushed 
out everywhere, uh, from, from Astros games, um, to, to other, you know, specific nighttime TV spots, um, you know, talking about how crime is out of control in Harris County and it's unsafe to go outside, which, of course, um, you know, I walk my dog four times a day, dog four times a day without having that specific issue, but I understand that. Crime is up across the United States. But what is not being spoken about in those propaganda campaigns are those aforementioned underlying conditions. For example, the eviction crisis that is putting heavy strain on people who are working one and two and three jobs and are um, healthcare insecure because our system is broken and because it fails to serve people. So that, that's, that, that's the mood when it comes to these, is which of these issues are going to carry salience. Um, and it, it depends, I think, race by race, district by district, where individual lines are. Uh, there are less competitive districts in Harris County now, thanks to gerrymandering. But at the county government level, there's definitely there are definitely competitive races. And um, we're trying to figure out how these issues align across those races. Now, interestingly, um, yesterday a poll, came, a poll came out with uh, that showed that um, uh, Abbott is leading by seven. And I kept on wondering about the likely voter model poll versus the registered voter model poll. And I kind of think that it it probably isn't reflecting the reality in Texas. What are your thoughts? Actually, it's a good poll. The polling agency that did it is a good pollster, but I'm very concerned that we don't really know what the red, the likely voter model is really going to look like. Your thoughts on that? I think nationally that's a struggle right now. People aren't sure necessarily whether or not uh, one party or the other is going to hold uh, the Senate. Um, I think the House is up in the air. I mean, if you go look at, at 538 and you're seeing a 30% chance of a split House, split Senate situation, 30% chance that it's going to go the other direction. And I, I think or a 40% chance of split House, split Senate, and then 30% going either direction for actually holding control for either party. I think people are spooked. Um, polls have been obviously hard to read over the last few cycles, particularly the presidential cycles. So they're hedging a lot right now. But again, it all comes down to how those issues actually cascade. Are people going to um, blame the Republican Party at large as they should for dumping guns into cities um, across Texas? You know, or is there going to be a different angle, a different frame on those issues um, that, it, that is more salient than some of these individual pockets? I do think people do realize and did get a great wake up call uh, with Dobbs as well. Um, but it remains to be seen who wins the messaging fight at some of these local levels and across Texas. You brought up an important issue, and, and it's it's an issue that I it seems to me like many of our politicians are scared to bring up. Um, you you laid it out perfectly. You said, "Wait a minute, uh, it is likely that the problems that we have with guns is hey, you have more guns on the streets, therefore you'll have a marginal increase in the use of those things. You have more of it, you get more use of it. Why is it that the politicians out there that are on that realm are not sitting down and and making that connection?" with what they did in Austin is what is causing the marginal increase in crime rate in as much as the crime rate total is decreasing. It's, you know, it's easy to say the easy thing, right? It's easy to paint the simple picture, even when it's a flawed picture. And I think it's, I think politicians right or wrong are using poll tested messaging that is not intuitively in sync our state and our county in many circumstances. And I think that they assume that if they say, um, you know, that, that if they kind of run to the right on crime in some cases, then it actually helps 
But the truth is that anybody who studies crimes knows that there, it's, a, it's a much more complex issue. There are underlying uh, issues beneath it as well. We do know that dumping guns into neighborhoods um, does turn up the heat. We also know that there's an intersection between crime and, for example, um, lack of social services. And then more to the point of the, the news that's been happening the last few days, um, violent extremism and harassment have been spiking because there's been signaling that, you know, it, it's okay from some powerful politicians. Um, and so you see something like this, that like uh, uh, li- literally you see, you know, Patriot Front, which used to be White Lives Matter. They rebranded to red, white, and blue because they're a bunch of cowards. Uh, you see a group like literal, just a bunch of open Nazis with swastikas on flags out in Katy. Um, and you see these different groups infiltrating, you know, trying to infiltrate groups and, and harass people. And that's got to factor into your crime as well, the discriminatory nature of these extremist groups. Um, that are out here sowing some of this chaos. But to your point, is that the thing that politicians are talking about most? No. And it, it is important. It is something we need to make sure to press them to speak up about. And certainly, certainly dumping guns into communities and increasing the amount of weaponry uh, in Houston is, is going to lead to more crimes. More of that, you know, if it, that's, remember, these are, these are folks with NRA mentality. You can't even get them to agree to to limit purchases to one gun a month for an individual owner. <laughs> so they have no interest in that. And, you know, that's hopefully, hopefully we can continue to shape that as we saw last year when people finally got sick of the NRA and, and sentiment started to change a little bit. So. Interestingly, now you, you noted, uh, you, you said that uh, people, uh, uh, that people don't, they can't even deal with one day, one gun a day or anything like that. What, what is funny is that the, the right side doesn't seem to need to have the facts behind them to actually make an ad out of it. I mean, if you take a look at the last Beto O'Rourke ad, ad well, actually it was the last ad from, uh, that was made from, uh, I, I think my sound is off. Something happened to my sound. Uh, I think my sound is off. My sound is off, I think. Uh, yeah. Therefore, if you, if you take a look at what occurs with, um, with, with Beto O'Rourke and the new ad that they made, they actually cut it to make it seem like he's, uh, he's saying that he is to defund the police at all costs when there is a whole lot of nuance to it. But of course, that didn't make it to the commercial, to the ad. That, of course. I mean, look, that, that's, that's the way it's always going to be cut, uh, by these, these politicians. They're, all they do, all, all Abbott does is, is answer to donor class thugs to move money around Texas on behalf of big business. So it doesn't surprise me that he's going to cut it to make Federal Rourke, who in Europe would at best be a center, probably centrist, <laughs> probably considered right center in most other reasonable Countries you might reasonably call a democracy one way or another on planet Earth, they're going to turn around and make him look like he's a like he's a communist. I mean, these they, these folks have no education, but at the same time, I mean, that's a challenge for the rest of us. That's a discussion we have to have across Texas. We need to find a way to communicate with people, as you are so good at doing, Alberto. Well, look, I appreciate that. Well, uh, Daniel, you know what? How I do things. Uh, what's the last thing that you, or the thing that you would have expected me to ask you that I didn't ask you? That I should plug some of the things that we're working on. Sure, please go ahead. That's what community radio is all about, <laughs> brother. <laughs> well, thank you as always for being a member of the free and independent press. Look, if you're trying to figure out how to get involved in Houston, Texas, you can go to indivisiblehouston.org. It's indivisible as in one nation, indivisible. Houston is in 
this uh, city that we live in, this wonderful city that we live in, .org, O-R-G, uh, and let's connect. We're always looking to, to make sure to apply pressure to politicians to create better outcomes. Remember as well that you can, uh, you can make an impact on all of these things, that there's, there's open meetings at every level of government um, in Houston all of the time. We'll try to get that information out as often as possible so that you can participate. But there's a commissioner's court meeting regularly you can advocate at, and you can block off, you can do any of the various things out there. If you need a little bit of guidance, just contact us and we'll, we'll help. We'll connect. Daniel Cohen, president of Indivisible Houston, one of the most important progressive organizations in town. Thank you so kindly for having appeared on the first, the premier version of Politics Done Right, live at KPFT 90.1 FM. Folks, uh, thank you so kindly, Daniel. You have a great one. Folks, please give us a call. The lines are wide open. I know that, folks, this is strange. This is not the time that we're usually on. I know, I know. So call 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. Give us a call. We want to hear from you, whether you are an anarchist, a progressive, a conservative, a right-winger, a Trumpist. No, I don't care who you are. I love you all just for being you. We have to have the conversation because the country is going nowhere and none of you are going anywhere. So you know what we got to do, folks? We got to get along. And that's what we are going to do. That's what Politics Done Right is all about. So call 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. We have no calls. It is empty. Yes, I know. We're new. And don't fear. We are very nice here. We don't try to... We don't try to trick you or anything, do we? And by the way, I want to, I want to bring uh, another brother in here. Um, as you know, this hour is now called Know the News at Noon. So on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, it is Politics Done Right on Know the News at Noon on on KPFT. And on Tuesdays and Thursdays, my good old brother, the moral high ground with Reverend Dean is going to be on. So Reverend Dean, talk to me, my brother. How are you doing today, sir? Oh, this is a joyous day, isn't it? I'm, I'm so glad to be back in studio, back doing live, back uh, in tune with the community. It is a great day. Well, it is a great day. I actually love having, uh, you know, sitting right, ahead, right uh, in the day before you and the day after you and the day before you and the day after you because folks you are going to bring some heat oh that is my goal you, you know are it. going to bring some heat and i love that's what you're going to be doing because we have to shake this system up we have to make sure that the middle class gets what's due again you you know it and the heck of it is i mean my my shows deal with the drug war but the fact of the matter is the drug war impacts every life the on drug this war planet. is an economic war as well brother it in so many ways it, it it invades our lives absolutely thank you so kindly norman reynolds numero seis norman how you doing my brother how are you doing sir Okay, it's coming on, it's coming on, it's coming on. Bear with us sometimes. We have, there we go, Norman, come on in, brother. How you doing? Hey, Egberto, how you doing? I am doing fine. Great hearing from you, sir. How you doing today? I'm doing great. I I wanted to call in to, um, I was just at a family reunion. Mm -hmm. Um, That's one of the things I've been away with. Um, My wife had a family reunion down in Florida, and um, that's where she's from. And while I was there, I, I noticed what was going on was a lot of the family members weren't able to even be there. Why? Mainly because of the e- economic problems that's been going on for them. Um, they are, uh, you know, 
it's a primarily a black audience mm-hmm. that is there, a black family. And um, it seems as if more than ever, it depends on a redistribution inside the family in order to get folks together. Um, and that redistribution is, 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 pretty, is pretty tremendous, you know, especially it's during Labor Day, a day when we're supposed to be taking care of workers mm-hmm. um, and workers are supposed to be focusing on their families. And these people all work hard. But they could not afford to have hotel bills and gas bills that were exorbitant. Um, even even five years ago or two years ago, uh, a hotel bill of um, two hundred fifty dollars would have been would for a Holiday Inn would have sound crazy. Um, no, it's the norm. And, and now and now it's the norm. It's it's outrageous. Let me uh, so. But, Go ahead. No, no, you please go ahead. Finish. I'm sorry. Yeah. So families forced to try and get as much there as possible. And, you know, family reunions depend on young people. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're, it's there to create a sense of history for that, um, for that, that, that family to pass on traditions, pass on news and history. And it, is- it was a shame that um, the young people could not be there. I want to I, I want to add some context to that. And bef- beforehand, I just want to ask the wonderful folks, the engineers in, in the room, if we're te- letting folks understand that w- when they are on hold, that there's no no music there and to just go ahead and uh, uh-huh. okay, great. Anyway, folks, uh, we're still putting all of this together. So when you go on hold, what occurs is uh, you just get a blank. You don't hear anything. So keep your radio on until you come on air. Anyway, continuing, continuing, continuing. Uh, Norman, let me tell you my my thoughts this inflation stuff unfortunately is a fraud and you know i'm going to sound like a kook to many folks out there because of how we have been conditioned to believe in this economic system as it stands today and what i'm trying to say that it shows however that the economic system also have a personal a personal issue. Your family cannot get together anymore. The, co- the cohesion between your family is damaged on a yearly basis because there are a few people who are dependent on suckering most of Americans out of what they've earned. And people may look at that and say, wait a minute, what are you trying to say? That's just how things are expensive. We had a supply chain problem that's creating, the, that's creating these uh, problems. We have a, a, a war. All of those were excuses, but they were frauds. They are frauds. I was on Muslim TV a couple, a couple, a month ago where I, I pointed out that earlier on when gas reached $5 a gallon and, and Steve and Rick, I'm coming to you. I haven't forgotten about you. When gas reached $5 a gallon, I said, you know what? It cannot be held there. What they're trying to do is they're going to drain all the stimulus that folks got. And when we start to get something known as demand destruction, where we've taken all the money that people will stop buying, then the prices will not go down. They will rocket themselves down. And if you notice, you were, you never had a problem going to a gasoline station to find gasoline. Supply and demand says if if there isn't gasoline, that somehow you would see shortages and people would reduce based on those shortages. That did not occur. Why? Because the oil companies were always pilfering the American people. They were pickpocketing the American people. If you take a look at that common thief that goes and take a candy bar, he takes 50 cents or a dollar or a dollar 25. 
But then you look at the oil company executive that's sitting down in that tower and he just goes ahead and he says, we're going to raise the prices. And he picks the pocket of that woman that's trying to go to church. She's trying to go to work to feed her kids. But that guy, that executive in that office, he has the power called price and power to do it. He materially affects his family, your family, my family, all the middle class families. But they have yes, a suit. I, I, Go ahead. I, I, I agree with you because um, in, in reality, did, did the price of that hotel room mm-hmm. really go up in, in six months? Right. Why? And why did it go up? I mean, it's because not they could. Power cost. It's because they, they can and they could. It's not, it wasn't given. So what I'm trying to say here is redistribution from the family is really going into the pockets of people who own the hotel. Yes. It is not, it, it, it's not the price of the room. It's not the price of keeping, paying taxes. Not, right. None of that. It's Norman. Really taking advantage. Norman, I, I want to say thank you for calling, but the lines are starting to fill up now. So I appreciate right, your well, call and I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to expand on your statement. So thank you, my brother. And folks, keep calling 713-526-573. Thank you, brother. 713-526-5738. Uh, Steve, come on in. Steve, you're on. Oh, I am. Okay, sir. I've been waiting. Anyways, I think you got a great show. When I'm off during the week, I listen. I think I love your attitude of love and tolerance toward all because that's not in our country anymore. Uh, Well, let me tell you something, brother. Before you say anything else, I think, first of all, thank you for saying that. Numero uno. Numero dos. That is how we have to... Uh, try to promote other people to be as well. And don't, don't, don't get pissed when somebody got pissed at you because if you reciprocate, that's what happens. So just chill. Anyway, continue, Steve. Let me to interrupt you. No, you're fine. Uh, I'm just, uh, I'm 66 and I'm an FDR New Deal Democrat. There you go, brother. I'm, I'm, I'm for the New Deal. I'm for the Green New Deal. And I'm just so discouraged with, uh, well, with the corporate Democrats and the Republicans, the only same Republicans are resigning or getting voted out of office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's frightening. Well, let me tell you what. They want it to be frightening, okay? And, Rick, I'm coming to you next. And, folks, 713-526-5738, 713-526-5738. I want to hear from the community, whether you're here in Houston or elsewhere, 713 526 Three, eight. Steve, uh, let me tell you something. You, uh, you used the magic word there. You said, I'm worried, I'm scared, I'm concerned about where the system, where we are right now. That is exactly where it wants you to be. Because if you're concerned, if you're scared, then you're more likely to do what they tell you to do. You're likely to believe what you're forced to believe, right? But you know what? I believe more in people, right? Um, I, 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 I associate with everybody. You know, whether you're Tea Party, Trumpist, liberal, conservative, neoliberal, whatever. And you were right about that. We get too many neoliberals that are really hurting the progressive movement right now that helps people. We have too many of those right now. But do you know what? We can't not vote because 
we have not enough of those people out there. That has to give us more impetus to go out there and vote, right? I've, that's one of the my, my pet peeve right now. I, I speak to a whole lot of folks, specifically young Latinos that would say, hey, you know, I'm not going to go out there and uh, and vote anymore because it doesn't really make a difference. And a lot of the other Latinos now are saying, hey, I can get, I, I can feel like I'm closer to power by moving to the right. So we have all these kind of dynamics occurring right now in America. And that's where they want it, confusion. But you know what we do at Politics Done Right and these types of programs here at KPFT, 90.1 FM Houston? We try to say, baby, we're not going to let them fool you, man. We're going to keep that positive attitude until you just go out there and vote for the right person and be what we need to be. That's what it's all about. Talk to me, Steve. Talk to me. Uh, I was just at a given bless center. I was talking to the young man. He's Latino. I said, you're registered to vote. He says, no, not yet. And I said, you know, I don't know when it ends in Texas because Texas doesn't want people to vote. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if the time's up already or to, for people to register or not. Uh, actually, it's I think it's October 10th and they are not advertising it widely. So we need to go register to vote. And uh, But it's more than just going and register to vote. Go to uh, the voter registrar online and I, harrisvotes.com org, I believe it is, or look it up and make sure that you, even if you've registered to vote, make sure that you are in fact listed as registered to vote. And the reason why you want to do that is there's a lot of machination that's occurring in Austin. And you know, that's where it ultimately ends. When Bennett gets her all the pieces of information to register you to vote, when it goes to Austin, they try to find everything. Hey, there's a thumbprint that's wrong, or even though no thumbprints are required, they'll find some reason to try to kick it out. So, um, so folks, what was that website again, sir? I think it's harrisvotes.org. And you know what? I have a, I have a computer in front of me and I am like, Egberto, why don't you look the darn thing out? Harris County Tax Office and, and Bennett, friend of mine also. She, she runs that, she runs that, that, that department, harrisvotes.org or harrisvotes.com. But please check it out. Folks, 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. After Steve, we have Rick and then nobody because a couple of folks dropped off the line. You called. Come on, Rick. Come on in. Rick, you're hot. Okay, uh, I wanted to point out a couple of uh, things. Uh, one of the things that the liberals do mm-hmm. is they change definitions okay. to confuse people. Mm-hmm. That's what Alinsky, Saul Alinsky said. That's what Kant, uh, uh, Marx, Trotsky, all the, uh, all those people said. And mm-hmm. I'll give you a couple of examples. Okay, you hear all the time, radical Republican. Mm-hmm. No. Radicals are left wingers. Okay. Extreme Republicans are reactionaries. Mm-hmm. You'll never hear the word used reactionary used in the media because the the media folks don't know no better. They didn't. <laughs> they went to journalism school. They didn't go to government school. Mm-hmm. If they went to school uh, journalism school at all. Now uh, the others for and give you an example. They're always calling. Uh, folks, Nazis, uh-huh. right wingers, Nazis. May I interject well, a, long, a quick second? May I? I just I, yes, because I, you you you'll have more time to talk. But I, I want to ask you this, right? Because first of all, thank you for calling. That's the first thing I want to tell you. And if you have more conservatives mm-hmm. that you hang with. Tell them to call into the Politics Done Right show at KPFT ninety point one FM Houston because we love you guys too. 
Okay. I am not, I'm a, right. I'm a ultra left dude that love everybody. So thank Where you, you from, for, I'm from Panama originally, Central America. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. So I love that you're calling the show. Let, let me, let me first say this. Okay. The game that is played is whether you are right wing or left wing, right? We all use these pejoratives on the other side right? In fact, I've been found to use them myself, but sometimes I think rightfully or not. I don't, let me tell you what, I saw a TikTok last night or a couple nights ago, and this guy said he was a straight down right wing Trumpist, right? And he said uh-huh. that he went ahead and he bought, because they were talking a lot about Shalinsky, and he went ahead and he got the book. And he said, he kept on looking at it. It's like, what is it that's bad in this? He read the whole book, right? He said, what is bad in this? Mm-hmm. I kind of like the book. That's what the guy, the conservative guy said. He said, well, uh, you know, right now I'm not, I'm not going to be no darn Democrat but I'm going to be an independent because man, I want to be able to make up my mind. And that's go ahead. So I have no problem with that. I mean, the guy, the guy's not stupid. Right. Okay. Now, the other thing I want to point out, they're always, always calling the right wingers fascists. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you'll agree with me. Not all, uh, liberals are socialists, but all socialists are liberals. Mm, and I disagree with that. Let me let me first say, my oh, sister okay. is a right winger. Oh, generally, all right now. Yeah. What was Hitler? Hitler was uh, he liberal or social? Liberal or conservative? He was a fascist. Okay, but what does that mean? Okay, let me explain. Okay, and and that's the, you know trying to label. Uh, sometimes get a little bit dangerous, right? Because okay, he was his his socialist. No, let me let me finish one quick second. Which party did his he, party was party called socialist. Uh, there was something socialist in his name, right? That was the name of his it party. A, that was the name. It was a national socialist. Right, party. right. He was and, a left winger. No, and that's the issue, right? The, the problem is this, right? It's easy to just use these words, and I don't define it by the labels. I define it by what you do. And let me put you on, like, ask you to hold one quick second. Folks, uh, the lines after Rick is empty. 713-526-5738. You'll get on pretty quick, and you can get to put out what you want to put out there. And you notice I have a great conservative that I'm talking to, and we're having fun. We're enjoying each other's conversation. So please call whether you're left, right, or I don't care. Anyhow, uh, here we go, Rick. Um, uh, okay, you kind of made my point. How? What you're saying is that Hitler, what you're saying is the labels they use don't count. You have to look at what they do. I agree do with you. Do. Of course I agree with you. That's Okay, that's my point. When they call Trump or whoever a fascist, first of all, they don't know what a fascist is. Well, and second of all, they that's why all this deal with pronouns. Mm-hmm. It's a way to confuse everybody. To I agree. Look, unfortunately, you are right. Okay, so you don't need to tell me anymore if you're right. Unfortunately, well, you're right. To your audience. Yeah, okay, but but I'm I'm talking to the audience too. So what I want to do is engage you in this particular part of the dialogue. Okay. Okay. I, I am. I consider myself a democratic socialist. What does that mean to you? It means that you won't don't want to admit that you're a socialist. Okay. All right. Can I? Bernie can I, Sanders will never tell you what he means by democratic socialism. I'm glad you said it's a that. Way, it's a way that he can sneak in the door and not look like a socialist. An ex, the left, the strong left winger 
that he is. All right. Let, of course, I, he has, what, three homes? Yes. And, and, and he's worth millions. And that falls into the domain of a democratic socialist. So can I, can I say that I can't talk for Bernie, but I can talk for me, right? And let, let me add, because yeah. you and I are conversing here. Um, you, th- you think a democratic socialist is just somebody who's a socialist that is ashamed or doesn't want to say there's a socialist, right? But yes, and they're very often very, very capitalistic. Oh, wait a minute. What are you? I am. A, you see, that, that, that's what that, that's what I mean. Let me let me tell you. Let me tell you where it stands in with me. And, and then you tell me if this is something you're willing to live with. All right. Um, or you said you're 66 years old, right? No, no, no. I'm older than that. How old are you? That was the guy before. We oh, I'm getting you see, I'm getting old. I can't even remember stuff now, man. <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> How old are you? 75. You're 75. Okay. So um, you are in Medicare. You are in Social Security. All those programs I agree with and you agree with, right? No. You don't? If I had taken that same money and put it in in my own, been able to put it into a, a, a program that I picked, like mm-hmm. the railroad workers do, mm-hmm. I would have a lot more money. Okay. Um, can I ask you another question then? Uh, suppose you happen to have put it into a stock that just dropped dead and died and disappeared. I wouldn't have put it in one stock. No, I know. I know. But you see, you are, uh, when you make policy, when you make government policy, it's not just for an intelligent person like you who knows everything about financing, right? It's about the community at large, Right. Do you agree? Well, then the community at large should have the, the option mm-hmm. to join Social Security or not. My friends who have railroad retirement get a whole lot more, more money mm-hmm. than I do. Okay. Because well, they have private people running their program, not, uh, not the government. What makes government – uh, isn't government you, sir? Useless? No. No, 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 no. I said, is, is, it, is it, aren't you government? No. Why not? They don't listen to what I say. Why not? Because they don't care. They just want to get to retirement. Who is they? They want power. The, the bureaucrats in government, no matter what. Where, when you, this is what a friend explained to me, and, and mm-hmm. he was correct. Mm-hmm. When you have a bureaucrat, mm-hmm. the the, the goal of a bureaucrat is to get to retirement. Mm-hmm. The way that he gets to retirement is he doesn't get fired. Okay. The way that he doesn't get fired is he doesn't say yes. Mm-hmm. He doesn't make a bad decision. The way you make a bad decision is saying yes. And how does, say, it, how does that differ from a CEO who does the same? I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't, right? It doesn't. Okay. Exxon has the same bureaucracy. Right. You know, uh, there, there, there's so why, much intersection. Why, that's why, no, no, that's why uh, 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 a Tesla comes in and just rips right through past everybody because they don't have that bureaucracy yet. Well, actually, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, uh, I mean, there's so much right that I agree with with what you have to say, and it falls right into my domain, uh, my, my particular ideology of democratic socialism. Because what I try to tell people, right, if I come out, there's a minor difference here where you said, oh, you wish you had controlled, had control over your own money. 
which I would say, yeah, I would love a, a part of your money. You can have control over it and, and do your stuff with it. I don't see it as a burden that we all have to pay 14% in Social Security. And notice I said 14% because as a small business owner, I have to pay my own 7 point something percent, whereas somebody who works for somebody else pays 7 point something percent and an employer pays the other 7 something percent. So what I'm trying to say here is the following. Um, I think both of us would agree that we want government to do the things that government would do best and for the capitalist portion of our economic system to do the things that it does best. Don't you agree? That's a yes well, or no. It depends on what you – I don't know much that it does best. There Let me give an example. To do. Let me give an example, okay? You go to a doctor every, every – you're 75, so you're – I'm 61. I mean, you're 75. We both go to doctors uh-huh. now, unfortunately. Now, uh-huh. when you go to your doctor's office, right? Your doctor and you have, I don't know if you have Medicare or Medicare Advantage. I don't know which one you chose. But if you, if the best thing would have been Medicare, period, the one that comes directly from the government. Mm-hmm. And we can go into a discussion about that some other time. But um, here's the deal. Um, that doctor's office who own, doesn't only work with Medicare, but it also works with a whole lot of private insurance companies, uh, they have to hire people to go ahead and talk to each individual insurance company, then to figure out all the things of your body that's going to be covered and whether they have authority to cover you or you have to go to a specialized doctor. I'm talking private insurance right now. And whether you can take amlodipine or some variant of it or not, that's what the private sector does for you right now in your healthcare. They command Mm -hmm. what you can and cannot do, right? Now, Medicare, on the other hand, uh, has a, a whole set of statuses that then tells you, you know, you can choose your doctor, all these kinds of things. I'm trying to figure out, mathematically speaking, how can one believe that private insurance can somehow be more efficient than Medicare or the government providing it as because a one Because you can pair. leave it and go somewhere else. My but sister-in-law I understand, but the, in England mm-hmm. had a bad back. Mm-hmm. It took her 13 months to get... And you know why it G- took her 13 months? The GP? Yes. Because it's government. No, that's not why. That is because they, they're, they're, you know, the definition of capitalism is the efficient allocation of resources. Okay. The efficient allocation of resources is the definition of capitalism. Right. However, unfortunately, that's not what happens when you go to a doctor's office. Now, when you go to, to the NHS, this, this, this the, was national health. I know that I'm about to, I'm about to go there at NHS. That's what it's called in England, NHS. The NHS, Having that woman wait 13 months for a back pain. By the way, I've had back pain now for the last 20 years or more. But that woman waited for 13 months uh, for taking care of her back. She was in pain, but bearable pain, right? The efficient allocation of resources says if we don't want to put more money, if we don't want to tax our citizens more to reduce that lag time of 13 months, then we wait 13 months. If society at large wants to have a shorter lag time that's not dependent on one's income, that is what you get. We spend more than two times the amount of money, more than three times the amount of money the NHS spends, right? And we get less service if you are average. If you're rich, you get service when you want. If you're average... That's not so. Okay. I don't think so. When I hurt my back, Mm -hmm. I was in the... I was taken care of in uh, in hours after she but, went. She could, she could only go to the GP. She was not allowed to go straight to a specialist. Yes. After she waited thirteen months and saw a GP, 
Then she was referred yes. to a specialist 17 months later. You know, again. And then he told her, you know, if I'd seen you sooner, I could have done something to help. And look, you, you, I can always find that kind of stories in the aggregate, right, um, Rick? And folks, I want more calls than Rick. I love Rick, but I want more calls. 713-526-5738-713. Thing is. Oh, Wait, hold on, Rick. Let me, let me, come on. Let me give him a pitch a little yeah, bit and then I'll come back to you, Rick. I'm, I, I haven't I'm forgotten about you, man. 713. 713- Five two six five seven three eight. Um, but before Rick, I have a, my brother here that's doing the show tomorrow. I want to see if he wants to get engaged in this conversation at all. Uh, about healthcare, I, I just want to put in my two cents about the uh, the economy itself. Back when, look, my, to me, the, the trigger is I buy these yogurt things. They're thirty cents a piece at H E B. They're now fifty seven cents. Because of gas prices went up, the gas has gone down forty five percent. Why hasn't my um, commodities? It's gone called down? that's that's is the, that is what our because they have pricing power and they can. That's the reason why. But let me get back to Rick and folks. Give me a call seven one three five two six five seven three eight seven one three five two six five seven three eight. And uh, and so we got a call. Uh, anyway, uh, Rick, I want you to please. Bookmark this show every Monday. I mean, every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we have good stuff to talk about. So please, and notice that we give once, if the phones are not long, you get as much time as you need. What we need, and I have a lot to talk about, but you guys come first. Here's the deal. Bookmark us. I want you to tell other people about us, whether they be conservatives or otherwise. Tell them that this is a place you have real conversation. All right, brother? Okay. All right. I was going to tell you, yes. my, my sister-in-law, she can only go to one doctor. Right. I can pick another doctor. There you go. Now, my other sister-in-law uh, was sick, <sighs> really bad shape. She called for an ambulance. It mm-hmm. showed up four hours later. Mm. They yeah. took her to the hospital. She sat in the ambulance from 4 o'clock in the afternoon right. till midnight because right. they had nowhere to put her. Yeah, I she got you. She couldn't go anywhere else. Look. I got you. I got you. Look, we have enough money in our system. Put it this way. If Canada works very well at half our cost, that says we're doing something wrong. But I got to let you go, Rick. My friends in Canada come to America for surgery. And you know what? We've done studies on that that says that is empirical. That's not an accurate statement. We'll talk about that another time. I appreciate you calling me, Rick. I enjoyed the conversation. And I think this conversation actually helps a lot of others that are just listening. All right, brother? Okay. You have a great day. All right. You have a great day, buddy. All right. uh, It seems like we lost the other caller. Folks, 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. All right. uh, Let's talk talk about what you're going to be talking about on your show in the next few days. Well, my my uh, first guest is going to be uh, Major Neil Franklin. He's got 30 years experience wearing the badge up there in Baltimore and uh, for the uh, Maryland uh, police, uh, state police. And he's a former head of law enforcement against prohibition. They changed their name to Law Enforcement Action Partnership. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're going to talk drug war. Uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of news breaking. The president of Colombia calling for the end of drug war, legalizing cocaine to uh, join forces with all of Latin America to pull the plug on this thing. And also there's a an event happening in uh, uh, India today. They're talking about it's time to end this drug war. The, people are starting to realize that the logic 
it never was there, but they're starting to realize that it just never was there. Actually, it was never there. It was all, you know, again, it's, it's, that is the drug war and all these issues are, and I, I hate to put it this way, but they're capitalist notions. These are manufactured events to make money. We, we, you know, when you talk about monetizing issues, that is what a, this system does. We try to, we monetize health, we monetize food, we monetize drug use, we monetize all these issues. That's the whole thing. And when we alert Americans, when we alert the world about the monetization of commodities in such a manner that it's not just for the benefit of us all, but it's actually just for the benefit of a few as this, a little amount of folk, as most folks are coerced. Yeah, That's what well, it's all about. Yeah, and, and uh, to me, it's it's really the only people who believe in drug war now are the ones that make money. Of course, and that's a, if that's a, the jails. That is the food services that supply the jails. The phone companies. The phone there. companies. that I mean, it's amazing. Folks, 713-526-5738. And look, you were just listening to the one and only Dean Becker of The Moral Ground with Reverend Dean on Know the News at Noon. Please, folks, keep this noon hour available. Let's go to 512. 512, come on in right this minute. 512, you are hot or hot. you will be hot very, very soon. Maybe calling from Austin. All right. Come on in. Uh, come on in. Uh, who am I speaking to? This is Bill. Hey, Bill, talk to me. And Yeah, I'm a uh, retired respiratory therapist, and uh, I have like 30-plus years uh, experience and working in uh, many hospitals. Mm -hmm. And I'm also a veteran. Mm -hmm. And uh, I uh, choose to get my medical care mm -hmm. through the VA. Mm -hmm. You can call VA medical care socialized medicine. It is socialized medicine. There's that can. It is. You know. And uh, I have extensive, you know, I've never worked for the VA, but I have worked for many different hospitals, mm -hmm. uh, uh, HCAs and stuff like that. And I find that the care that I get through what may be a socialized system to be far superior and more cost effective than anything I've ever seen in, uh, for profit hospital systems. Look, what's uh, your name, my I brother? Had, I forgot your name. Uh, Will. Will. Bill. 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 Got you. Either, you know. Uh, and uh, one time, I, I the hospital that I worked at, I had uh, I got a sprained ankle, mm -hmm. and I decided I'm going to go in and just you know, there's not much they can do, but I'm going to go in and just to uh, to the ER and find out how good is my insurance. And uh, the insurance covered the ER, but uh, several months later, I was getting uh, phone calls from a collection agency. Of course. Uh, only to find out that uh, the ER group, in the, the physician's group in the hospital, billed separately and... Uh, they built the wrong address. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea that I had a bill from them. Uh, and when that, you know, the collection people called me up, they, they were giving me uh, incorrect information on the hospital. 
But they finally said, you know, something about, you know, a sprained ankle. I said, yeah, I got a sprained ankle, but it wasn't in the hospital you say it was. Right. Said, well, you owe the money. And I said, well, okay, you know, uh, send me a bill. No, just pay it over the phone. No, I'm not going to. Bill? You, know, you haven't shown me a bill. I'm not going to, you know, send me a bill. And I did that. And then several months after that, I started getting uh, calls from the same collection agency yeah. trying to collect the, the, the bill again. Uh, many years ago, I, I literally missed the very first day of uh, respiratory therapy school because I had pneumonia and I went down to uh, Herman Hospital and uh, I only spent the night there. And, uh, then, uh, I got a bill of, uh, it seems like it was about, uh, four, somewhere between four and $6,000. Hey, Bill, Bill, uh, Bill, Bill, yeah. I get I the did, bill. Yes. I, I need to interrupt you. I get the gist of your, your conversation and you are absolutely right in promoting, in, in saying exactly what you said. I, I want to add a couple of sentences and then I'm going to have to let you go because we've got another call and we're coming up on time. But I want to tell you this. First of all, thank you for calling in. Please bookmark this so that you're here on, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Well, with us at noons, we're going to have talk. We're going to be entertaining with you. But here's the deal, brother. And this is important. Your testimony, believe it or not, to the people out there listening to right-wing propaganda that's trying to tell them, hey, the, the, the government is bad. You prove that if you have good government, you have good services. And you know why it's good? Because there's not a profit motive where a profit motive should not be. Let me give you one a quick example, and then I got to go. $5,000 for I one. I want to make a proposal. Okay, go real quick. Okay, what I would propose for a, a uh kind of an intermediate step is that people be able to buy into uh, the VA system. Yes. That uh, it's been say, spoken okay, about. I sir. want socialized medicine. Uh, I nominate, uh, I will say that, that I will pay more taxes or whatever, and I will be able to get the same hey, great care Bill, that our veterans get. I got to let you go, Bill. I got to let you go, but thank, thank you. Much. Thank you so kindly for those words. All right. All right, Bridge, Bridget, come on in, Bridget. Bridget is hot now. Bridget, Bridget, Bridget. Okay, Bridget, you are on. Talk to me. Hey, I just wanted to congratulate you on the show. Hey, is this Bridget MCP? Yes. Hey, beautiful. How are you doing? Good. I told him to say it was me, but... I'm going to put you on ignore. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> hey, let me tell you what happens, man. We, we're still building out this studio, finishing all the nicks and knacks. So when we put people on hold, they don't hear the station. So we're telling them, listen to your radio until you connect with us. And then everything yeah. will be everything. But thank you for calling in, my friend. Your thoughts. No problem. Uh, I want everybody I to know that you taught good. me about I. You taught me about Ireland, Northern Ireland, and the British and the famine. You 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 expanded my, my understanding of that issue. I appreciate that. Well, you taught me about a lot of things, so tit for tat. 
<laughs> it looks good on Facebook. It looks good on YouTube. There's just no sound for us. Yes. So uh, it on the radio. You know, I have a connection problem and, and it was working before. So after the show, I'm going to kind of debug what's going on here. And eventually we need some new wiring for that. But, you know, it's new. And hey, Bridge, we're doing the best hey, we can on a volunteer working. basis. It looks great. And we're all talking, chatting away here. Great. Look, I appreciate it. Are you, oh, you're talking to all the, uh, the PDR posse yeah, online, huh? I'm saying, hey, Lee. <laughs> Hey, uh, oh, Lee Grant and the whole posse is there. I love that. I love yeah. that. Tell those guys Lee that they here. let them know you called in and tell them that don't be fearful. They can call in and we can hear their voices sometime. You know what I mean? I know. I'd like to hear their voices. I would love I to hear their one, voices. We only do it one time on the Ask Egberto on Saturdays. But I mean, we need to get them involved with the KPFT family. We, we want to merge these families and have one big hurrah, right? We need to hear. We need to hear Lee. We need to hear Lee. I know. I, I, I know he hears me. I want to hear him. <laughs> you know, brother Lee's a super All conservative right. that likes to give us a hard time, but we love him. Anyway, thank you very much for I calling in, Bridget. All right. You have a good one. Hey, folks, seven lines are empty again. 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. Look, I had like four subjects to talk to you guys about today. But as I always tell you, man, whatever you guys talk about comes first. And since I'm here, I'm, I'm honored here to have Brother Dean from the Moral High Ground with Reverend Dean. I'd like to entertain him into the conversation again. Senor Dean, talk to me. Well, thank you. I, I, I welcome this opportunity. And, and as I said, my show is going to be focused on the drug war, but it wants to hear every problem you encounter. And we'll see if it doesn't hinge from the drug war in the first place, because so much of it does. Well, you know something? I am glad that you're going to do that, because I think more of us have to speak up. You know, let me tell you something. A lot of every a lot of people do drugs. A lot of people do all kinds of things, right? But it's all hush hush because there's this stigma that we put on things. In yeah. street. But you know, I live in Kingwood, Texas, and yeah, I tell you what, them women driving down the street, a lot of them with these, they popping the pills. It's only legal because it was prescribed. Yeah. You get somebody in the middle of the hood doing it. Oh, you're a criminal. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, the women get the prescriptions. Yes. You know, that's, that's what differentiates them uh, more than anything. Exactly. And, and, and we have to bring some equity to justice, which, you know, when I, when I brought up this stuff, I said, what, what is brother Dean into? Legalization, drug war, criminal justice, all those issues that you cover that I think because we are blended in this hour here on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at noon, folks, that is the know the news at noon hour. Always be here at noon because we are going to have a lot to talk about. And by the way, you guys are also going to direct the conversation. So if you want the conversation going somewhere, you guys are going to be directors of the conversation. Dean? I, 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 you could say I'm a one-trick pony, but I do a lot of other tricks as well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, don't say you're a one-trick pony because that can have some bad connotations, brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, yeah. <laughs> really, well, I get you. Yeah. But you know, we're, we're coming up at 55, actually at four <laughs> minutes still. So let me say one more time. 713-526-5738. If you want to be the last caller to say, Egberto, I want to tell you something. 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. I got a little note here from El Señor. El Señor aquí para ver qué voy a decir. Ah, okay, okay. All right, all right, all right. You know, next we are going to be having the Tom Hartman at, I think, at what time are we coming in? 
My people love us. My people love us. 12.59. All right. We got it. We got it going, senor. Anyhow, folks, um, 713-526-5738. 713-526-5738. Come on. Or don't you want to be the last caller to politics done right? Come on. 713-526-5738. Howard is there looking at the, um, at the screen as if he's one of those, you know, remember in the old days when you had three, three guys in the, in the cockpit, you had two pilots and the engineer. Well, the way, the way Howard looks in that room, he's turned like an engineer looking at the screens, making sure everything is working perfectly. I got you, Howard. I got your number, Howard. Tell them to call 713-526-5738. Five seven three eight. We got two more minutes. If you get a call in right now, we can get you in. But anyhow, I want to tell you guys one item that I wanted to cover, and this is about a woman's right to her body. I am just a man. I am just a man. I have no right. I have no right to tell you what to do with your body. Absolutamente nada. I want to remind all the women out there, again, like I said, I have no right. If you believe that I should have no right on your body, if you believe that no man, woman, or other should have a right on your body, you make sure that nobody is elected who will effect laws that will have an adverse effect on your body. This is an election that everybody should participate in. And I, you, you're going to be hearing me saying this ad nauseum. This is real people. To the young people listening, to the middle-aged people listen, to the old people listen, this is real. Don't allow yourself to be conned into fighting against your body. Don't allow yourself to be conned into fighting against your personal economy. Don't allow yourself to be conned into being able to be a full American. I've got 13 seconds left to go, and this is the last 13 seconds. Folks, register to vote. Make sure you are registered to vote. And guess what? Go to hell out there and vote. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right. And we are out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.